0: Fuck pain, fuck heartbreak, I'm still in love with life.
1: From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking state of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, it's interview time again as its CEO and psychedelic explorer Aubrey Marcus joins us again to give us a taste of his first book, Own the Day, Own Your Life, as well as a chat about many topics, including the terrible toll loneliness takes on our society, teaching yourself not to let fear take hold, as well as the simple truth that it's not easy out there. Here we go. And now... Asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers, and my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle Finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli, as we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Taoist Podcast begins now.
0: Welcome to episode 132 of the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Today I'm gonna to be chatting with Mr. Aubrey Marcos, the CEO of Onnit. Speaking of Onnit, let's give a quick few thanks to the folks who keep us in business. So starting with Onnit, well, there's something really cool actually about Onnit this time because there's um, not that there's you know there's something really cool about Onnit all the time. I really love their products, but here is a particularly cool thing this time. They are offering for people who haven't tried it, they are offering for you to try Alpha Brain for free for the first time. So you can go to onnit.com forward slash trial. Again, that's onnit.com forward slash trial to give a chance to check out Alpha Brain free. And as usual, you know, the way they usually do things, if you don't like it, I mean, all you're going to pay is shipping and handling. That's it. That's all you pay. And um, if you, you know, the normal thing they do is if you don't like it, then you just don't get charged. you get got to keep your bottle and that's it. No questions asked. So not bad as far as customer service and the confidence that they have in the product. Personally, I, I mean, AlphaBrain works different for different people. For me, the ones that has always worked the best was the powder form. Other people love the capsules best. So, take your pick, but that's what's going on, so go check them out. Also, big thank you to Datsusara with the coolest hemp gear on the planet. I use, I think actually I've been using Datsusara products ever since we started Drunken Taoist, every single day of my life, so it's been, what, six years, something like that? So yeah, you know I like those guys. Uh, check them out at dsgear.com, again the letter D, the letter S, the word gear.com. Also of course, Sure Design t-shirts with the coolest, funkiest t-shirts on the planet. Not only our t-shirts, you know, th- those are the ones we sell through our website, the EQ one, the Nietzsche one, the Drunken Tawis logo, Dionysian Parade, but also take a look at the Sure Design website for some really cool clothing one more thing I want to mention before we get going, because this is um, it's kind of a new thing that I'm trying. I'm curious about it. I want to see how it works out, and I'm digging it. I just bought a bunch of products from this company called Cannaway. Cannaway, basically what they do is they make some super high quality CBD oil, and no traces of THC, so while technically it's from the same plant from which you get THC and all of that, in this case, you don't. That's CBD that is legal to use and possess in all 50 states and Europe because they have no traces of THC, which is kind of a hard thing to do. You know, most CBD oils have some THC in it. These ones, they don't. CBD is amazing for the stuff that it does for... Memory, appetite, mood, uh, and in particular inflammation. So, I'm trying it. I've started a few days ago. I got several of their products, and if you guys want to check them out, the way to go would be. The website is Cannaway, spelled with a K. K N. Sorry, K A N N A W A Y. Okay, K A N N A. -A 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 way.com forward slash two four nine six zero zero six so cannaway.com forward slash two four nine six zero zero six I'll put this in the episode notes just in case you are driving or something you can jot it down. If you guys get to try it out I love to hear what you think so drop me a message that would be sweet. Having said all that I will now shut up so that we can jump into this episode. So, here we roll with Mr. Aubrey Marcos. Now, not just CEO of it, not just 10,000 other things, but also Aubrey Marcos, published author. How does that feel? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't... Man...
2: It hasn't actually happened quite yet, but I've held the hardbound book in my hand, so it feels kind of so real. It's real. You know, it's I real. just need that, that first person who's bought it to actually open it and read it and send me a comment and let me know, and then I think it'll set in.
0: Then it's going to be the real deal. I yeah. say. Well, I already saw number one on, I forgot what category it was on yeah, Amazon. I think like exercise went, and fitness. Yeah, yeah number one well. exercise and fitness was way up high in the Amazon bestseller list. Before it's even out, so <laughs> it's a good sign. That's not a bad gig. No, it's a good sign. I mean, I, I feel good
2: just because I poured my soul into the book. You know, right. I didn't take any shortcuts. I paid the blood price. You know, like I, I, I sacrificed to the old gods. They they got their goats and they got their <laughs> warm milk and curds and whatever the fuck they needed from me. I got goats. all that.
0: <laughs> Yeah, goats never have a good deal out here. No. <laughs> Somehow it's always Unless yeah.
2: you're one of those satyrs that's just in the forest just fucking nymphs all
0: day. <laughs> then it's a good life. That's... Drinking wine <laughs> yes. and playing pan
2: flutes. <laughs> I like that kind of goat. <laughs> yes. That's you a need good the, life. Like the Therian version of the goat. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I remember if at we were talking as you were writing and going through the process. It sounded pretty brutal. Like mm. you went you didn't pull any stops, like no. you went All the way, yeah. What, like, As far as how does it feel in terms of, you know, you got it done, great. It's semi-real now. You had the book in your hand coming out within a few days. What's the, because by the time this really, what's the publication date? April 17th. April 17th, so perfect. Right around the corner coming up. um, How do you feel about the whole experience?
2: I feel like this is part of what I'm meant to do you know i feel like i had no idea how hard it was going to be mm-hmm. and i went into it kind of blind you know and i had some people who felt like i got kind of honey-dicked into it you know just oh it won't be so bad you'll get a lot of help and no nah, i mean for me i'm a writer that's yeah. that's my soul so i couldn't get as much help as they anticipated and it's all my ideas and it mm-hmm. needed to be my prose and so it's just a beast you know and this is a long book too it's, it is you know this is a a hefty book um but i'm already you know ready to i need a need a break to physically recover not only from the writing and the running Mm -hmm. of the company and then all of the promoting that i've been doing and talking about it and then any of the media and then i need to like disconnect you know really remove myself and then i'm going to start on the next one
0: any sneak preview
2: yeah i mean uh, this one really covers body and mindset and i've been on a big journey uncovering the you know my own truth about love and relationship Mm -hmm. And I think that's the place I'm going to go next.
0: That's where it's going
1: next. Yeah, I, I had
2: some, I had some ideas to kind of keep working on the mindset side, but I really got to go with my heart here. This, of course, the book I really want to write the most yeah. is this love and relationship book.
0: So that's awesome. Yeah, that's it'll
2: take a while though. I'm not going to do the same thing that I did, where I, you know, go sell the proposal and then have a tight deadline mm-hmm. and have to. You know, this book is just going to come when this book comes, more Chris Ryan style. <laughs> yeah, you can learn from Chris. I was just about to say, you can learn from, yeah, Chris, from Chris Ryan, Ryan then, you know, dad. You know,
0: that Lies, what are those things? Oh, yeah. It's like, what well, was I supposed to turn in the book five years ago? Yeah, no problem. You'll get yeah. it next yeah. week. Chris yeah. <laughs> is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool because, I mean, the whole theme of the book in some way is very much like, the on brand as a whole, the what the whole message is about is the whole idea of human optimization. That's what you're doing with the book. Mm-hmm. And I guess for listeners who haven't had a chance to check it out yet, um, you took a little bit of a different approach to the, like, you're focusing on this idea of one day. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I think it's the single
2: indivisible unit of mm-hmm. our life is mm-hmm. a day. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think it was Gandhi that says, you know, you wake up and then you die at night and then you wake again, you know, arise anew. Like it's, this is the this is the cycle of our life, you know, and everything in that day is connected. Your first choices in the morning affect your next choices, affect whether you work out, affect whether you have sex, affect whether you sleep, affect how you feel. Right. And so I really wanted to just tackle one day instead of a longer program, just say, All right, how do we do one great day a day that includes a glass of wine when to do the glass of wine what happens if you drink too much wine like how to connect better with your your friends and family and loved ones and incorporate sex and productivity and learning and all of the things into a day that you could repeat over and over again and just live a fucking beautiful life man
0: it's not a bad plan. I like the holistic approach to the book that mm-hmm. you're not, you know, because many books tend to focus on one aspect. This is how you get the best out of sleep. This is how to go about, you know, you're taking life as a whole, like yeah. in this sense, we got 24 hours. How can I make the next 24 hours the most amazing possible, the healthiest possible, the most fulfilling possible in every aspect? from uh, you know you even have a chapter which i thought was also because i was just spent an hour driving about okay you haven't people have different length of commutes in la is usually a very long one but the idea is okay you have a long time some time in the car how are you gonna spend it yeah what's what's (laughs) the way that will allow you to walk out of your car and walk back in feeling the best possible way. And I thought it was like, really, you're breaking down, leaving no stone unturned that way. You know, you, mm-hmm. you touch on every aspect. And so there's kind of cool about this uh, holistic approach to the whole thing.
2: Yeah. And that's also, we don't have time. I mean, every chapter in the book, there's 16 chapters, every chapter could be a book. Mm-hmm. And in many cases, it is a book, yep. a book on sleep, a book on nutrition, a book on, you know, productivity, a book on sex, a book on all of these different things we don't have time for all that you know i wanted to get the best research the best yeah. practices that myself and all the top performers athletes everybody's using put it in one book so people could just get one book and understand the spectrum of what it looks like and and have a great plan to follow without having to commit to a library right. of learning that's oftentimes contradicting, you know, so try to cut through all the noise.
0: And I think that's, you actually wrote it in the book itself when you said, you know, sometimes there are these books that are 500 pages long where really they could be summed up in 10 <laughs> yeah. because they are big in this, around this one topic over, whereas what you want to do is have 16 different books in a 400, 500 yeah, page book. Yeah, exactly. It's, then it's the real deal because you're just cutting to the chase, just going on the stuff that here is the keys of what you need to know on this topic and then the next and then the next. And if you want to dig deeper, sure, go dig deeper. There are other books you can do that. But if you want just to have the the essence of it all, go for the good stuff. That's right. You're under one cover. so <laughs> that's, the, that's the plan, man. So that's a, good, uh, that's, the plan. that's a good deal right there. There are a few ideas I've run into the book that I wanted to play with you about. One, you mentioned Robert Greene and the difference between alive and dead time. Mm-hmm. I love that concept. Can you expand on it a little?
2: Yeah, it's, it's kind of a binary choice. You know, dead time is time that you're killing waiting for something else. You're clearly not in the present moment. You're deciding that Whatever you're going through right now is somehow worthless and you just want to speed it up as fast right. as you possibly can. And so it's, it's dead. It's not providing any value to your life. And if you could forfeit it, you probably would. And a lot of times that happens in the commute. You know, it's like, ah, uh, just got to make it through. Or you're sitting in a waiting room or sitting in line or whatever. And Robert Greene talks about making that a lifetime, something that contributes to your life mm-hmm. in some way. So you're either adding some interesting information in your mind through a podcast that's in your ear, you're thinking about it or exploring an interesting topic in your brain, or you're emptying your mind. You're just focusing on your breath, widening your gaze, you know, practicing a form of standing meditation or while you're, while you're experiencing whatever you're experiencing. And then that will continue to enrich your life. And I think we have that choice at all times. You know, is this a live time or is this dead time?
0: Right. I was experimenting with that today. I've been running around about your kind of schedule, 15-hour days, running like crazy. Yeah? So today on the way over, I was like, you know what? How about, what is that I just read the other day? Six breaths in Aubrey's book. Oh, right? yeah. This idea, take six deep breaths, slow it down not three hours, not an hour, not six breaths. Come on, you can give me six breaths, right? (laughs) It's like, that's not that hard. (laughs) You know, sometimes when meditation feels daunting and you're like, I don't have the time to sit half hour, cross-legged, screw you. Yeah. Six breaths. Come on, yeah. you know, we can start with that.
2: And that was so that was based on a Japanese study that showed it takes six breaths to create the physiological response of lowering your blood pressure. Mm-hmm. So everybody said like if you're you know stressed or anxious or you know take a breath, take a breather, but really it should be taken a six breather, right. <laughs> a sixth breather, <laughs> because it takes six to actually get that response, and it doesn't take too long. Yeah. And then you combine that with, you know, I talk about the technique of the wide peripheral gaze, which is from the Native American trackers, mm-hmm. and you basically open up your field of vision as wide as you possibly can and take in all of those bits of information while focusing on nothing, and it, instead of emptying your mind, it fills your mind with so much visual information it kind of locks you into the present moment. So you combine the breathing with that and you can be meditating in under a minute, <laughs> you right. know what I mean, and, be f- and, and just have a little piece of that mindfulness. That you know, a lot of us think that requires a the perfect meditation cushion and the perfect music and the best incense and quiet and darkness. Like you don't need all that. Stuff. And I mean, that's great. That's if great. you can. <laughs> yeah, but time, sure.
0: most of the time, you can't. Exactly. So I, I like the idea of micro meditations <laughs> yeah. in the middle of that. What would be that time otherwise? Mm-hmm. That's actually a pretty cool concept right there. It's the wide gazes. Growing up in Italy, that would have been a very dangerous concept because I don't know in Italy, they did not unlike u s they completely allowed topless advertising, so there would be like <laughs> naked women everywhere. so as I'm riding my bicycle in Milan i would with the, my peripheral vision, I would see like amazing boobs popping out of everywhere and i would be like ready to crash into because it's like somehow my peripheral was lightly distracting but in u.s it's safe <laughs> in u.s it's all good we can maybe you that. just
2: need to overexpose yourself to more boobs Danielle. you know i maybe tried just need to... uh, trust me i tried i really really tried you just, no it's... you didn't go hard enough You just <laughs> you stopped too soon you just really, really? needed to go farther like like, <laughs> let's do it um, I sometimes worry about that with gynecologists like if you're a male gynecologist right. are you just tired of looking or at you're pussy just like come on not come
0: again oh my god another one of those yeah, <laughs> yeah how but, horrible that yeah, would be the worst thing that is that like, makes you wonder about male
2: gynecologists
0: a little bit <laughs> yeah worse.
2: it's like taking the greatest enjoyment of life and making it your banal work yeah that like, doesn't no. sound no. fun at
0: all so, okay, don't become a male gynecologist. We no. establish that. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to ask you that pops up in the book, of course, because, well, that's what you do in other aspects of life, but of course, in talking about making, creating an optimal life, it fits. The whole theme of supplements, on it is in huge parts about supplements, and you guys offer this whole wide range of awesome stuff. And I was appreciated how in the book you're trying really hard, of course, because, you know, you want to be, you don't want to, this wasn't a sale pitch where it's like, hey, buy on it products. (laughs) But at the same time, the reason why you make those products is because after researching and stuff, are the ones that you find can be the best out there and can Mm -hmm. do. So I was thinking in terms of... um, like, one of the things that I hear a lot from people is like sometimes they try some products, they love them, they're like, ah, I don't have the money for this and that. Let's go the low budget supplement version. Like, if you have a limited budget, what are the, because I know, like, in the book, for example, you break it down in like several different categories of like the key important mm. ones. Uh, let's start from like the lowest possible and climbing up a little more. What would be like priority number one in your mind? That if you can't afford anything else, the one thing that would be best of all. Well, it just really depends on the person. It depends on what other things that
2: you can do, right? Like, because the lowest budget supplement budget is zero dollars, right? And that's that's, <laughs> that's a problem. And that's yeah. if you're, you know, and you if you're getting enough sun to right. make sure you have enough vitamin D. If you're eating like. Dark chocolate and leafy greens like spinach for your magnesium. If you're eating oily fish, like uh, or chia seed for your omega 3s, you know, if you're having plenty of green food for your micronutrients and and minerals, if you're having like some kind of like sea salt to fill out the rest of the minerals and electrolytes, if you're, um, you know, B vitamins can be pretty tricky, but if you're eating enough meat or bone broth, you can generally get those depending on whether you can methylate or not. So really you can get most of the things with the diet as mm-hmm. far as like what you need. and if you, But if you're not, if you're not getting enough sun, then you got to go out and get some vitamin D. It's like one of the master, of master vitamins that we all really need. And then if you're not getting enough greens, you got to get a green powder. And if you're not getting enough minerals like magnesium, which most of us aren't, probably should go get a magnesium supplement. You know, if you aren't getting enough omega-3s in your diet, which most of us aren't, you probably need to get something like krill oil. You know, so it, it really just depends on how, and, and then probiotics as well. I mean, are you eating the yogurts and the kimchi mm-hmm. and the cultured food, eating a really wide variety of different foods and not taking antibiotics all the time to crush your gut biome? Right. You know, otherwise you probably should add a multi-strain probiotic to your diet. So it, it really just depends on who you are, what your lifestyle is. And then there's a whole other class of supplements, which are not designed for deficiency, but designed to make you, superhuman in some aspect, you know, like the alpha brains mm-hmm. and the shroom techs increase aerobic capacity, cognitive function, you know, um, blood flow, these different type of, type of um, factors that you can really focus on to get you not to normal, but, but from normal to great so the
0: the alpha brain is the flying arm bar of supplements yeah totally. has, you totally. know, the, your krill oil and stuff uh-huh. is the jab uh, yeah it's <laughs> work, right yeah that makes sense not to geek out too much on supplements but i have one question just for myself on mm-hmm. this with the vitamin d i know you're right that you also need vitamin k mm-hmm. for vitamin d to absorb well how does it like I forget. I didn't look at the label, like the, what you guys do with on it, like the vitamin D spray, for example, does it has vitamin D, K in it, or do you need to mix it? Yeah, we sunscreen? have vitamin K in a couple of other different formulas. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: we're actually going to be adding vitamin K into our own vitamin D as well, just to make sure that people have enough. You don't need a ton of vitamin K in order to make sure you absorb yeah. the D, and in vitamin D generally, you know, you'll generally absorb it, absorb it fine, but... Um, you know, doing the research in the book actually compelled us to be like, you know what? We should really add this into our into our vitamin D. Just as well. to make sure, just, just to, to make sure, in measure. case someone is deficient in vitamin K, and, right? And then uh, that way they can get enough because that's huge. That way
0: people don't, you don't have to think about it exactly. then when they get exactly. the vitamin D. I want to make A. it as easy as possible. I love it. I dig it. Speaking of concepts, I dug. Uh, there's something that you write about. How can I put it? politics I guess and the idea that you're trying to as much as you know of course you want to be informed and you want to know what's out there Mm. but you (laughs) don't want to get lost in following every piece of news in real time getting to political debates on Facebook and all of that and so on I find that concept incredibly healthy (laughs) Yeah. You wanna tell us a little why you feel that yeah, way? Yeah, there's a psychologist
2: who who coined the term narcotizing dysfunction. And that's where you just have so much information, you feel like you're actually doing something, but you're not doing anything. You're just kind of being paralyzed by this onslaught of fear-mongering <laughs> right. really and, and manipulation and getting you to be caught up in the latest drama. You know, I mean I think as tribal creatures, drama could often lead to violence, could often lead to trouble we're tapped to tune into drama, we're tapped to tune into fear from a survival, amygdala-level, brain-level, you know, kind of mindset. And I think the news takes advantage of that. And really, the truth is that nothing is really happening. That's of, <laughs> that's of that importance. And if something is happening, you know, one of your homies will tell you, <laughs> you know, like, right. like, you'll find out you don't need to be following, you know, every little thing that comes out. It's not really healthy. Like, even... You know, recently in Austin, we had those package bombs yeah. that were going off. And, you know, that was certainly scary and affected a few people. But less people were getting hurt in that than in, a, you know, Saturday night drunk driving accident of that happens every weekend. Yeah. Right. But the, the amount of fear surrounding oh, yeah. it
0: became a big issue. I got uh, three days ago, shortly after the whole thing died down with the Austin bomber. I got a package from Austin and it wasn't from you guys. And I was like, what the hell? (laughs) Thank you to Revolution Spirits for sending me some (laughs) nice bottles of good stuff. But I had a moment there where I was like, I don't know about this. And
2: it's, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's our responsibility to just keep the virus of fear out of ourselves as much as possible. You know, like, there is going to be bad stuff that happens, but keep it in proportion. Don't let it run rampant. Don't you know, make a big deal about mm-hmm. it. You know, we had a few people in, in the company like, should we close down the warehouse? Should we alert all of our... Co-? I was like, no, Right. no, no, no. Relax like this, everybody relax. Yeah. This is designed for fear. Mm-hmm. You know, let's not allow fear to take hold. And I think that's a, a key thing to remember. And, uh, you know, there is some tragic, scary shit that happens, but by focusing on it all the time, it's just going to overall make the whole your whole life and the whole society... A lot less
0: healthy and i think that is something that on a social level is disturbing because not only the news i mean we all know that the news run on fear and that's what they do to hook you in but beside the news there are also like three gazillion people out there who clearly are making if not their entire career they are building a big part of their brand on selling fear watch out, these terrible things is going to happen. Watch out for those guys who are out to brainwash you. Watch out mm-hmm. for... Th- there's always this sense that there's something out there that you need to be very careful because they are out to get you. Yeah. And people, man, it's like moths to the fire, right? They're just people flock to this stuff. You know, the second you start up the fire of fear, people are fascinated and you yeah. can't help... It's like one of the things i was writing the other day is like i don't think anybody ever went broke selling fear you know if you have zero moral considerations selling fear is the way you win you know yeah. it's the way you make your money because And a lot of people go broke selling love and that's yeah, fucked up <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> isn't that creepy, right yeah but that's what it is and i think it's like one of those defects of the human makeup that, you know, it made sense, you know, you you live in a place where there are saber-toothed tigers, you want to be careful about that kind of stuff. But in life today, we still have this heritage of having to, and and here is the funny thing too, that most of the stuff that we're worrying about is stuff that we have no control over. Yeah. So, you know, if you have control, yeah, okay, take in the information so you can take the appropriate That's self-preservation,
2: right? That's not fear. And I try to draw a hard distinction between self-preservation and fear. You know, like self-preservation is good. Yep. Look both ways before you cross the street. <laughs> right. You know, like don't get hit by a truck. That's good. But fear is is a different thing. It's above and beyond the actual danger. And that's where you got to cut that. You got to cut that down at the knees.
0: Yeah, because there are things that you do not control. You know, there's so... and especially <laughs> Most when things you exactly don't control. The majority of stuff you don't. Let alone when you go to the level of politics, which just by very nature you are... So as an individual, you are so far removed from having any impact whatsoever that it's like, you know, not that there's anything wrong being informed, that's great and all, but, you know, if you have to, if you have limited time and energy and you have to choose where to invest it, maybe investing it in the places where you can actually make a difference in Mm -hmm. your own life and in people's lives, a little better than arguing endlessly about stuff that ultimately nobody... Nobody's going to change their mind and nobody, no action is going to be taken because of what you say. No. So it's like... It's not even,
2: and you know, I think so many times we focus on what we say mm-hmm. and, and that's the least important. And then, you know, what we do is more important than what we say, but then even more important than what we do is how we be, like who we are. Exactly. And I think that's the most important thing that you can do if you want to shift the world, if you want to shift yourself, focus on who you are becoming, how you express yourself in totality, not what you say, not not even what you do, even mm-hmm. though what you do is more of important course. than what you say. Yeah. But it's like this escalating thing, and and that's really important to remember. A lot of times the most important thing you can do, like I wanted my parents to go have a psychedelic experience, and I tried to talk to them about it for fucking 10 years. And then one day I just showed up, and I didn't ask them, and I was just in the state. I just came right from Peru, and I was in the state, and they were like, Whoa, look at you. you. You feel great. I was like, I feel great. Like, I want to do that. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> so come that, on. Right. You know, it was because I was, being, I was being the state that I was asking them to join me in. Yeah. And, and I think that's the, that's the key. You're not going to argue with a liberal or a conservative or blah, blah, blah. You can just be who you are and
0: and allow them
2: to see your viewpoint,
0: you know? That's kind of what I'm trying to do as a practice to try to think, especially with social media, because it's so easy to miss. You know, most people are yelling at each other. There's no real conversation. So I'm trying to make it a point to, okay, once in a while, get it off your chest, yell and scream if you feel like it. Once every six months. Yeah. Every other time, try as much as humanly possible to focus on the good stuff in life, you know, yeah. the stuff that uh, stuff that if somebody's going to read it, they walk away feeling better about their day, not feeling angry or not feeling, you know, that kind of thing. Something that even, and it doesn't mean always just talk only about the happy, happy smiles and ignore the harshness of life. Because I don't think that that's real positive thinking. To me, positive thinking sometimes is about staring at the beast,
2: mm-hmm.
0: ugly, nasty aspects. I'm all for... Looking at those and acknowledging those, not pretending like you're happy Facebook fantasy of, you
2: know. Because if you ignore those, they just grow in size because you're feeding them your fear. By ignoring them, you're telling them that you're scared subconsciously. Exactly. And as you feed more fear into them, they grow until you stare them
0: down and that monster becomes a little mouse, you know, for the most part. That's a huge thing right there because to me, yeah, because yeah, that kind of positive thinking where it's like everything is always for the best is like, okay, let's slow down a little here. Yeah, not right. quite everything, right. but but okay, let's say, let's acknowledge that you got some shitty cards. Fine, we did it. Now, how are we gonna play them? Because ultimately, those are the cards you got. Mm-hmm. So, what are we gonna do about it? That I find, yeah, in that sense, that's what I mean, I think, by inspiring or something that makes people feel better. It doesn't have to be a Disney movie, la, 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 everything is great. It can be harsh, it can be tough, it can be about struggle, but ultimately it's also about something that makes you walk away feeling that I have some extra tool to deal with it. I have yeah. a, you know, an inspiration, you know, something, because otherwise really just arguing in circles about topics on which none of us have power on, Got to play video games, you know. Got a better hobby, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's like if you're gonna waste time anyway, because essentially you're wasting time. It's a hobby. Have a hobby that makes you look good, you know. Go at the gym, work out, or you know. Yeah,
2: it's really, it is really just playing the ego video game, which is trying to prove some superiority over somebody else with your you know logic it's just it's kind of a form of chess Mm -hmm. and and it i like you said if you do it recognize it's a game and it's silly like all right if i want to play mental chess with this thing and okay fine but i'm really just wasting my time it's not that i'm actually doing anything Mm -hmm. don't confuse that with like making a difference just railing about some shit online you know like don't get it twisted. You're, play, you're playing ego chess. So, okay, go for it if you want, but you know, there's a lot more productive things you could do.
0: Yeah. And I think exactly what you said, be very clear that you're not really making a difference. You know, if you want to <laughs> yeah. do it, do it because you know, if, if it makes you feel better, but I guess that's a question. It's like, think about how you feel after you're done. Think about what else you could have done with your time and then answer the question. Is it worth it or not, time and energy-wise? And if it is, hey, if that's how you are, go for it. But, you know. Yeah, exactly. In many cases, speaking of places where you could invest your time and energy, there's something that you brought up, which is one of the key issues of our time that you brought up in the book, is this idea that at no time in human histories have so many people felt so lonely. Mm. And that's one of the paradoxes, particularly in the United States today, probably most affluent society anywhere, anytime. And yet the level of depression, you know, levels of depression are off the charts. People are popping antidepressants like there's no tomorrow. There's obvious evidence of a ton of social dysfunction all around us. And it's that paradox of, hey, I thought that if we got to that level where, you know, you have the basics of life taken care of, as most people in the U.S., I mean, even poverty in U.S. is nothing like poverty in other countries. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, even when it's not that great, unless you're just straight-up homeless, even poverty in the United States is not as bad as in a lot of other countries. So the question is, it's not a practical... It's not just about what you have. It's like the fact that we live in what looks from the outside to be this amazing society, and yet we're so mentally fucked up. You tight. I mean, there are many, many causes for that. But one of the things you tie to is this idea of loneliness. Mm -hmm. Let's play with that for a minute. Yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about it
2: many times before. I mean, I think we're tribal creatures. Mm -hmm. And that, that means a variety of different things. But a tribal relation with somebody is a relationship built on trust and built on truly knowing somebody. And we put up so many walls, not only the walls of our house that keeps us isolated, but the walls of our veneer who we pretend to be Mm -hmm. and without rituals that actually crush that veneer and allow you to see the person across from you in their truth, you know, then you are truly, truly alone because no one actually gets inside and gets to see and know the real you. If you're projecting something to your friends, if you're projecting something to your coworkers, if you're projecting something to your spouse, you know, we're, we're creating all of these illusions, these avatars that people know, and sometimes literally avatars that people know on social media, and, but nobody's actually seeing the real us, and so we are terribly, terribly alone, because if nobody's actually seeing the real us, if you can't see them, you can't love the real us, you know, so we're not feeling the love, we're not feeling met, we're not feeling in communion or tribe with anybody at all. And so I think finding ways to create rituals and create these things that bring you past that level of superficiality, past the veneers into true bonds with people, you know, that's really important. And I think it's one of the reasons why people are drawn to things like the special forces. Mm -hmm. Like the Navy SEALs is sure as shit going to do that. It's going to break you down to the level where your team are your brothers. That Mm -hmm. is your tribe. Now, the problem with that is that you now have to go kill people which may or may not be the right thing to do or not right but it's beautiful in the fact that it bonds you with your brothers yeah. and and you know the impulse is heroic you just better hope that the orders coming down from you know numnuts in the in the in the white house is is the right thing to do yep you know so but there's very few other examples of you know maybe some sports teams maybe some other Different things where people really get to break down and get to know each other on that deeper level.
0: Yeah, and I think that is such a primal human thing that, I mean, the way we have designed society is just not very sustainable in that sense. That is, we're not really built. And I think also it's funny because we talk about this stuff, and yet, compared to most people in the United States, I think your experience and my experience is much less dramatic in that regard than most. Because, you know, you are around a lot of people from your job, having built on it, having so many people that you choose to be around you. That's one part. You have kind of created your own tribe in a way, yeah. you know. For the majority of people, I, sometimes I really wonder, like, how does any of these people meet anybody else? Because, you know, once they graduate high school or college or wh- however far they go, because, you know, yeah, you see the same faces every day. Okay, there's that community at that level. But once you're done with that and you start working somewhere and you have 20 cubicles and, you know, 15 of those people you never want to hang out, three or four hours, right? So you pick the like least annoying person there and they're going to be your work friend and that, and you spend most of the day there and you have very, yeah. how exactly do people build relationships in a society where you are at work all day? There's not a whole lot, like, people by the time they are done, they are done. You know, they want to go home and watch TV and stuff. They don't want to. So it's like, it really makes me wonder, like, how does anybody know anybody else in this yeah. kind of culture? Because it's not designed for social life. Yeah, it's true. And and I think um, I think it
2: has to be an intention. You know, it has to be. A lot of times it'll be wrapped around a practice. Maybe if you're interested in dance, go to dance classes. If you're interested in music, go to, you know, place like if you're interested in improv go to that like meet people in an activity meet people in your gym meet people through fitness meet people on you know walking walking the trail or hiking or you know you just have to be open and aware and I, I feel like you know you'll you'll end up connecting with people like one of my best friends on the planet for many many years was Bodie Miller and I met him just randomly through a mutual friend partying in Vegas and But I took the extra energy to keep up with them and like, hey, man, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. And like made the energy because I knew that we had a good friendship connection and, you know, built that friendship intentionally and then said, hey, you want to go do this thing together and let's let's do this. Let's go to Peru and do ayahuasca together and then, you know, create rituals and create things to even facilitate that. Right. That friendship. So I think really the key thing is intention and then intention and then getting out and you know, finding your passion and finding something else that can actually be an initial connection point and like a jump-off point for the friendship.
0: Yeah, you're right because I mean that's kind of how people build their communities. Is you know you have the the jiu-jitsu school. You're into jujitsu, and so the the martial art place become your tribe because they are the people you go and see all the time, or revolving around the chosen passion, or yeah. you have you know whatever it is they are into. But but yeah, it's funny, man. It's just so strange and I think
2: it's going to have to be unwound. You know, yeah. I think we've gone far too far the other way. Definitely. And I think there's going to be new systems that develop and I think we you know, we've talked about this as well. Mm-hmm. I think that might be the book that comes after. Actually, I know it's going to be the book that comes after my love and relationship book. Cuz you know, I'm experimenting with some different ideas along those lines already because it's it's wildly needed. We need ritual back in our mm-hmm. life. We need Connections of tribal brothers and sisters, and um, I don't think we'll be happy as a people unless we get there. And that's you know that was the central thesis of Sebastian Junger's book Tribe, which is another great book, absolutely. Um, but
0: you know nobody's put forward the practical solution, and so that's kind of what I'm working on. Well, because I think some of the practical solutions are tricky. Because yes, there is stuff that you can do here and now. But at the same time, you know, to really get what you want, you would have to create, in some way, villages within the environment that we have. But, you know, just in terms of land base, it's not that easy to start redesigning society. Maybe. And, maybe. and that's, uh, I think that's been the traditional limitation that
2: stopped the thought experiment. Right. But with our ability to travel and mm-hmm. our ability to stay connected through digital media, I think there's ways to create tribal relationships without physical contact, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think we just have to utilize the tools that we have to build. I mean, ultimately, we will have to gather. Yeah, of course. You know, but I think there's ways to get around that and create those kind of bonds still using, you know, technology and distance and allowing us to have our own homes in different cities. Because the idea that you're going to get everybody you love more more than anybody else to all live in the same spot yeah it's,
0: good luck good luck with right. that
2: it's never gonna happen and I think that's what stopped the thought experiment so far
0: well I'm uh, I'm looking forward to reading the third book
2: <laughs> I'm looking forward um, to living it first yeah so right so I can write it uh, but yeah I mean that's the that's kind of the process I mean my second book you know it's been me understanding love and open relationship and mm-hmm. all the things that I've gone through with my fiance Whitney and that's been a, a incredibly challenging but beautiful process and you know I think I'm ready to start the writing process even though there's still things I'm learning every day Um, but there's enough out there and enough enough meat on that bone with the existing research and the experts and everything that we can put together to make that compelling and then now just starting the process of creating these kind of tribal relationships and what that looks like without having a compound or without having Mm -hmm. you know a central place where people live like but just the intentional utilization of different rituals, whether that's a sweat lodge or whether that's a hard workout or whether that's a plant medicine journey or whatever that looks like. Use these rituals to create connection facilitated towards, you know, this state of radical honesty, reciprocity, sharing, openness that you would find in a tribe.
0: Speaking of uh, honesty and openness, one thing that I noticed checking out your Facebook feed as of late is that You've been very open and very upfront about struggles in the last, uh, <laughs> so I think. I'm my ass kicked all the time, is, Especially the last year or so. There's oh been like God. a lot where you're like, you know, you're not exactly putting the smiley face out on Facebook. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because you always try to end on an inspiring and positive note. But you're also being very real about, look, man, <laughs> some stuff is not going easy. Some stuff is challenging. Some yeah. stuff you do find yourself overwhelmed with stress sometimes. And not just you over, I'm finding myself over, yeah, you know, that sure. kind of thing. And I thought, how are you feeling right now in terms of life, the universe, your journey? In some ways, I feel, you know,
2: very, 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 very blessed in that I've been given a series of challenges that have undoubtedly pointed to my greatest weaknesses. And weaknesses in my ego, weaknesses in my pride, weaknesses, blind spots that I've seen. But it's been this ruthless, it's like the universe has been like a ruthless personal trainer and they're just breaking me down to the, to the very base core of the essential part of who I am and um, you know, and sometimes that brings me wild gratitude because it forces me into my best version of myself. And sometimes I just feel like, man, I'm just got my ass kicked. Right. I'm just, I'm just the fucking, uh, I mean, I'm the doormat. And I'm just getting my ass kicked constantly over yeah. and over again. Like, when am I going to, you know, stop getting my ass kicked? And it's, it's. I know it's hard without giving the specific examples, but all of them are so personal. Sure, of course. It's hard to share. But you know, it feels like anything that I've found attachment to or an identity with or in some way, shape or form, you know, that's been deeply challenged um, in the last year or so. And, uh, and so I've just been being asked to release that and surrender those things that I think I need to understand what I really do need, which is very little, you know, it's just to be alive and healthy and breathe and experience and around people I love and, And uh, when I can get to that state, I'm also in the greatest bliss that I've ever been. I mean, i found myself crying more tears of joy in the past six months, or particularly month, than ever, but also more tears of pain, you know, and and the two kind of
0: go hand in hand in in a kind of a weird, (laughs) twisted way. Well, I mean, for example, one thing that is not, you know, without getting into personal stuff, but just the obvious stuff, you know, as the CEO of Ornit, you two every single time I see you, every whatever two months three months whatever every single time that when i oh so how many people are working for all that the number it keeps climbing right it's like 10 20 50 where at 80 okay 120 it's like yeah. it keeps going up and by now you you know you have built this thing that's huge right there's a lot of people who depend on you a lot of people that You are, you know, the one taking forward this whole thing on which people are making their living on. People depend in every possible way, right? And plus, because it's not just a job, but because what you guys do at all, it has also built a lot of this tribal structure in a way. People depend on it for more than just their paycheck. They depend on it for emotion. So that's a hell of a lot of responsibility, (laughs) needless to say, and it gets stressful. So without even going into all the other stuff, just that alone, you know, the stress that well, that's comes the, yeah, from... Well, yeah, that's the backdrop. Right. So you have the
2: backdrop of requirements, right. you know, and then you have the, the lightning bolts that come on top because these gradual things like, yeah, it goes from 170 to 175 to 180, you know, that's, that's gradual. You yeah. can just slowly bear the load more and more. And and those aren't the hard things. What's hard is when all of a sudden it's like, imagine you're lifting weights And then, you know, you're midway through a set. You're like, oh, I got this. It's heavy, but my quads have been trained well for this. And all of a sudden, like in an instant, genie universe god slaps like another three plates on either side. And you're like, what is that? And the the bar just crushes you. And you're just lying on the ground like, I'll never be able to lift this now. Yep. And that's the those are the times that, you know, are really, really challenging. But those are the times you learn a lot about yourself. I mean, I think you talked a lot about that in your own book, Not Afraid, you know, those crazy, crazy experiences that you would have never put yourself through intentionally, but on the other side of can really make you kind of who
0: you are. Screw becoming who you are. I just want happiness <laughs> and you know, puppies and flowers. I don't want to grow. Screw growth. <laughs> that sounds like a
2: sane man. <laughs> <Right>? I'm <laughs> fucked up in the head, Danielle. I need to hang out with you more often. You're, you're
0: like, let's face the dragon yeah, harder. Let's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I want video games and good food. <laughs> you know? uh. But I'm fascinated with... I guess, how you manage stress, because clearly on your plate, regardless of, you know, maybe you feel it less than somebody else, maybe you don't, but you obviously have a lot that's, you know, in terms of the plates on the barbell that you're lifting, you have a lot, for sure. You know, there's no argument that the amount of stress you deal with on a daily basis is a lot. How... Anything that you feel is working better than others? Anything that you feel like, no, man, I'm getting my ass kicked? Like, Well, stress is based on fear.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, let's not get it twisted. It's not the badge of honor. This is fear. Okay. Like, you're afraid that something is going to happen. You're afraid you're not going to be good enough. You're afraid because, you know, you can have a high workload but not be stressed. Yep. You know, you can just be like, well, I got a lot of work to do and I'm just going to do it. And maybe it's not my favorite thing. But stress is that extra thing that you add on to it. It's that emotional element of I'm afraid I won't be good. I'm afraid this won't happen. I'm afraid this will happen. And so getting to the bottom of why you're afraid, you know, like and what you're afraid about. And so I think one of the key things is to know that you'll be okay no matter what. And uh, and I think that's the key to removing all of the stress and that all you're responsible for is doing your best. Right, so the t- combination of those two things are the two lifelines out of this, you know. So, and, and if you really can keep your f- keep your focus on both of those, then I think you got a really good chance at mitigating
0: the stress. That makes that make perfect sense. It's funny because I'm noticing it uh, on myself lately. Like I'm working probably harder. I mean, I've always worked hard, but I'm probably working harder than I ever have. Right. I mean. I can't remember a day that I'm not, like, I've probably been pulling 15-hour days every day for the last two months, right? Seven days a week. no, And it's clearly not sustainable in the long run, right? But it's, you know, it's a lot of work. And yet, at the same time, when I look at how I do that moment of check-in with how I'm feeling, I'm to- totally happy these days. Yeah. You know, I'm not feeling yeah. like objectively should be stressful, but for whatever reason, that stuff is not stressing me. You know That I'm handling well. Then there are others, probably because I'm not scared of any of the things that are taking my time and energy. They are exciting, they are fun, and I feel okay with it. I feel comfortable in my own skin. There are other things that probably are the ones that would trigger that fear muscle that are just not right now present in my life, so it's a little easier to handle it. When yeah. those things raise their ugly head, then suddenly my zen, uh, sure, I can work 15-hour days and be all happy and well that maybe it's not going to pan out in that case but but yeah it's interesting how so much is. In, I mean it's, it's almost a cliche but it's like it's real is the fact that it's not just what's happening around you it's what's how you're perceiving what's happening around you that makes a huge difference. No
2: absolutely and, and there's things that will recalibrate that you know like when there's not other stuff going on I can get stressed about little trivial things that are right. happening and on and the trivial decision the trivial mistake that was made or whatever and then you have something bigger happening you know something happening with a dear friend right. and it's like oh i don't give a fuck about that little mistake exactly. like that doesn't matter and yeah. i don't even give a fuck about my finances in general like i just care about this yeah. friend and then then if it's your significant other and then it's like, oh my God, like yep. I don't even care about anything else. I just care about her. And then if then you get a cancer diagnosis, something like that, and you're like, Oh my God, now I really don't care about anything, just being alive. Exactly. You know, and it just recalibrates all of these things that we think are important but really aren't. And um you know, so I think going through and, and just recognizing like what is the most important thing, and that is like you said, you know, be alive, be healthy, enjoy the moment, be happy. And, you know, everything else is just who you are, your process, your mission, what you're here to do. And then just just fucking do your best at that stuff.
0: That's why I used to watch—I can't do it anymore because now it really sucks as a show. But I used to watch The Walking Dead a lot Mm -hmm. precisely for that reason. You know, after an hour of The Walking (laughs) Dead, I'd be like— You know there are there are no zombies out to eat me. I have food in the refrigerator. What the hell am I complaining about? Life is awesome. Totally, totally. And you can get in
2: that comparison game too, where you're looking at what other somebody else has or what somebody else gets, and that can make you feel all you know stressed and jealous and all of these things. But. You know, just be grateful for what you have.
0: Most definitely, yeah. yeah and yeah. I'm
2: telling, I'm talking to myself here, everybody. Of so, course. <laughs> so, so don't think I'm preaching to you because I'm certainly preaching to Aubrey as much as I'm preaching to anybody else because this is these are things we need to learn not once,
0: twice, but hundreds of times. And I think that's. At least that's how I read it. But to me, that's pretty clear in the six you write is that you're first and foremost talking to yourself. (laughs) You know, you're teaching yourself some lessons. And then if if somebody else happens to benefit, that's great.
2: But I have so much compassion for people right now too because like I've seen how hard it is for me and I have all the tools. I have all of the, I'm thinking in the right way. And even with every advantage that I have, it's still hard as shit. It is. You know, it's still hard as shit. So, that's been another blessing of all of this stuff that's happened is just compassion, just recognizing, like, it ain't easy out there. No, it's it not. Ain't easy. But there are ways, and, and there's ways that you can make headway and ways that you can make things happen. And, um, you know, that's awesome. You know, you wouldn't want to, you know, would a warrior want it any other way than to, to be in a, a, a simulation that, you know, required them to bring their very best every single day to make it through with happiness
0: and love and that's the spot we're in, right? And uh, regardless, that's where you're at anyway. So <laughs> yeah. might as well. <laughs> Even might if you well. choose something else, well, you don't have that option. So you know, embrace it. Yeah. But, and one thing that you bring up that I thought was brilliant, because most people forget, like, some people are too busy patting their backs and they don't have enough fire under their ass, and that's that's one set of problems. But then there's a whole bunch of other people who are highly motivated, hard charging, ambitious, work hard. But there's always the next thing, you know, and okay, yeah, yeah, that was nice. But now in order to really feel good about myself, there's the next thing and the next and the next and the next. And there's something that you briefly bring up in the book that I think is a great point of the necessity once in a while to pat yourself on the back, Mm -hmm. to just slow down. And yes, you can do better. Yes, you can become a better person tomorrow. Yes, you can create, but that's all. One doesn't deny the other, but take that time to pat yourself for the good work done, you know? Because otherwise it's that constant more, 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 more. I can never be satisfied. A, the two things to me are not in opposition. It's like, great job so far. Yeah, some fuck-ups, but you came out okay. Mm-hmm. So good job, pat on the back, feel good about yourself. That actually gives you some more energy to exactly. then push forward with. Yeah, people have this
2: idea that the only motivation that works is the, is the stick. You know, is the is the harsh, brutal treatment like like the only way to train an animal is to beat the shit out of them if they do something wrong. And the only way to train a human is to berate yourself constantly. Yeah. But it's bullshit. You know, like the best trainers of anything will know that positive reinforcement or best coaches positive reinforcement is much more powerful because it doesn't ingrain fear. Like fear is a constricting, limiting process. So you the more you can use positive reinforcement, not positive delusion, not coddling, you know, but actual positive reinforcement. Hey, you did a good job there. You screwed this up, but good job, man. Rather than you fucking piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. That's just going to make you afraid to do anything in the future. The harder you punish yourself, the more you punish yourself for your mistakes, the less you're going to do, you know? So, but if you encourage yourself, well, I screwed up the second half of that thing, but I really did a good job on the first, and next time I'll get it. Then you'll have more energy, more inspiration, and you won't beat yourself up constantly neurochemically yep. and exhaustion and
0: stress-wise and also you know, just emotionally from all of that. Yeah, because most people seem to choose one or the other. They either have the model of uh, I never praise myself, work hard, you know, you got an A, why it's not an A-plus kind of thing, mm-hmm. or the model of... Uh, ah, who cares? It's all like super self-indulgent and never ultimately getting your shit together. And I'm like, those are two good ideas taken to two bad extremes. You know, if you combine both where you do pat yourself on the back and relax and enjoy and all of that while at the same time being highly motivated and driving forward, great. Then you got, uh, that's the perfect tower right there. Balance, my man. It's always the game, right? It always goes back <laughs> to the same thing. The, it is the game. Yeah. Know, that's it.
2: We're just constantly seeking out that balance. And any time we teeter to an extreme, we're probably out of balance. And it could be politically, emotionally, yeah. socially, sexually, whatever. Like, balance is really where the, the biggest magic lies.
0: Absolutely. Ask any surfer and they will tell you, you know? <laughs> without yeah. it, you're food for the fish. <laughs> <And it's, laughs> <laughs> totally that's awesome man well i know you have 20 podcasts to do in a week so i don't want to kill you like you, know, you have like what three more today three million people wanted to talk to you so i don't want to keep you too long but anything else that you want to touch on or
2: no you know if people are interested in the book it's at ownthedaybook.com um, yeah i guess we should ma- after talking about it for yeah. an hour maybe we should mention the title yeah. that's a good idea on the day own your life um and uh it's, you know, I I think it'll really help you. You know, it has a lot of small things that you might not be aware of. You know, the fact that eating ginger after a meal helps stomach clearing by 50%, you know, go 50% faster. So if you feel full and you pound some ginger, your food will clear from your stomach 50% faster. Like I didn't know that until like dug into the research. I mean, I'll have ginger tea because it tasted good, but you learn like little things along the way, little hacks that'll help you in your life. And then you learn the big-picture mental processes that I've used and a lot of the top people have used. So, yeah, I hope people dig it. I hope people check it out and, uh, and you know, enjoy what I've put together for the last few years.
0: And I think there are so many of those little hacks that there are so many little things that, let's assume, worst-case scenario, you find that you already know 90% of them because you are a damn genius and you have... All, <laughs> You're still gonna pick up only fifteen things. There's gonna, things be, a, there's gonna be some you are gonna yeah, be like, totally. Oh, check that out. <laughs> and you know, when you think about for the price of a book, pick up fifteen little things that you can apply to your exactly. life. If nothing else did it, there alone would be worth it. So yeah. I tried, by the way, the ginger thing just last night because I did exactly the <laughs> too much in <dinner. laughs> Oh my god, I killed ginger. myself! Hey, let me try the ginger idea. How it work? Turns out it works. <laughs> and incidentally, awesome. even for my daughter, suffer from motion sickness. Like she hates the car. Right? Every time we drive anywhere, she's miserable. I tried ginger in that department, and amazing. Like amazing she tried results. pills, nothing worked. She tried medic, none of that stuff work. She tried ginger, perfect. Every time she has a tiny bite of ginger, one more hour of car is fine. Mm. So I'm like, yes. It took me only eight well, years of her life to figure it out. Let but. her know I'll accept payment for my book in right. form of crayons and whatever,
2: <laughs> whatever Conan quotes, whatever else she can, whatever currency she can pay in. I'll, Conan I'll, quotes I'll, are <laughs> high up on the list, so let I'll accept all that.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, brother.
2: Man. Always great to chat with you.
0: So there you go for this drunken Taoist episode couple of quick things before you guys run one, I want to thank you to the sweet folks who have donated this month
1: let the pottering begin
0: whose names do I screw up this bond that would be Lisa Robles and Matt Chebre, thank you guys for your continuing donations also big thank you to onnit well we have been talking a lot about onnit in this episode i'm not quite done because as i mentioned in the intro they are giving uh there's a free trial going on for to try alpha brain for free so you go to onnit.com forward slash trial uh, it's an occasion for our listeners to get a bottle of alpha brain and try it for free so check them out on the 10% discount still apply to a bunch of their other products if you go to onnit.com forward slash Taoist. Check them out. Uh, of course, thank you to Datsusara at dsgear.com with the, as usual, awesome hemp gear. And thank you to Short Design T-shirts. One more thing that I mentioned in, at the beginning of the episode is I'm trying out these new products from this company called Cannaway. They make CBD oil. They ship all over United States and Europe. No traces of THC whatsoever. Really high quality, organic CBD oil. Great for inflammation. Great for pain and a few other things. So check them out. The website is cannaway.com forward slash two four nine six zero zero six. Again, that's the letter K A N N A. WAY.com forward slash 2496006. All links, as usual, are in the episode notes. Of course, infinite thanks to those of you guys who have been using our Amazon link. And with that, I just want to wish you an amazing day.
1: Maybe I don't want to hear this.
0: No you do not. <laughs> in questo cazzo, in questo caso le provvidenza di Dio. Don't can show you the way, huh?
1: Oh man, and that scary to thing.
0: Nice. <laughs> so don't kill people, do that instead.
1: <laughs> this was great. It's fucking awesome. And I
0: love this conversation.
1: We've been yeah, having well, a great nice. hour here. I
0: have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange dun, 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 dun. I completely got lost are we doing the outro or the intro we're or outro out? oh we are out okay sorry <laughs> so that's so let's continue. <laughs> Did you ever see the movie Tomstone with uh, Val Kilmer and... Uh, uh, your accent, it just... Whatever that movie is you were trying to tell me about. Can you translate for me, please? I believe the word was Tombstone. Yeah, that one, <laughs> exactly. Tombstone. Just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> what do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach...